USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Money Wise. Welcome to the show that is designed to teach you lots of things and promote you asking some questions. But today we're gonna be doing a special show to start out the new year of 1923. Uh, Or is it 2023? I think it's actually (laughs) 2023. No, it's actually 2023, isn't it? Well, good morning to attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. And good morning to attorney Michael Coleman. Good morning. So today we're going to do an all-law firm show. These two attorneys are wonderful uh, producers and lawyers at Lance Law, Inc. And right at the very beginning, I'd like to say that Lance Law, Inc. is separate and distinct as an entity. It's separate from... USA Wealth Group, which is bringing you the show today, we're not related parties. And we have to say that because otherwise people think that we are. We may occupy some space nearby each other, but we are separate entities. So, Denny, did you enjoy New Year's? New Year's is always pretty quiet for us. We don't do anything exciting. We did go to Joe's Original for a really good meal on New Year's Eve, but that was pretty quick. Then we went to bed early. (laughs) Well, I always like starting out a a new year, and I always think about it, and I think about setting goals and resolutions. The one thing I did notice is that next door to our office, the parking lot on Sunday and Monday, uh, New Year's Day and the day after New Year's, the parking lot next to the gym was full because everybody starts out the New Year's thinking they're gonna get in shape this year. Right. So here's my number one prediction for the New Year. Give us about two weeks and the parking lot's gonna be about half full (laughs) because that's unfortunately what a lot of people do. So here's a quotation from Rainer Maria Rilke. And now we welcome the new year, full of things that have never been. So I like quotations about the New Year's and I'll give you one more quotation from one of my favorite writers, Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said, write it on your heart that every day is the best day in the year. Those are good thoughts to start out the New Year's, aren't they? Right. Well, today I want to start out the New Year's by asking our two attorney guests from Lancelot, Inc. some questions about the estate planning process and will your loved ones be okay after you're gone? Have you provided for them? Have you provided for them in a legal sense? And we've got some really interesting figures that I came across in a publication uh, that we get periodically about what percentage of people have done estate planning and which percentage of people have not done estate planning. It's quite impressive how few people have really done planning when you think about it. So for example, One of the statistics I have is only about three in 10 U.S. adults have a will. That always just amazes me. If people own anything, why don't they have at least a will? Well, a lot of people think they're just not older, uh, old enough, I guess, to do a will. Do you find that to be the case? People that you see tend to be older clients? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yes, I absolutely People tend to put things off until they're closer to death. <laughs> they don't called, want to think about it. It's called so. procrastination. Right, yeah. And your mother used to think that if she did a will, she was going to immediately die. Yeah. She well, was just very concerned about that. She was a different generation, but actually when people get to be 55 years of age and older, about 44% of the people in that age bracket now have a will. But um, one of the things that I read recently is that 28% of people without a will say they don't have enough assets to leave someone. Mm. And I suppose that could be true. It it only could be true if 
you share that asset with somebody that you expect to survive you, or if you don't mind putting your family or your heirs through the probate process. Hmm. Well, okay, so we're going to get into that. I'm going to ask you some questions about that. And by the way, 34% of people without a will say they just haven't gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that should be a resolution for New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, will or trust or something. So there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about today and a lot of questions I want to ask you. Uh, we've got a whole series of publications I know that uh, we can provide from USA Wealth Group. One is called The Greatest Gift, Outline Your Wishes with an Estate Plan. Uh, we're going to recommend some dates on that because the times change periodically, tax laws change periodically, and you've got to stay current with these things. So let's get into basically uh, talking about wills and trusts and all those good things. So do you recommend generally, Tenny, that uh, people should be doing wills? Yes, if you own basically anything, you should have a will. That means whether you have a bank account or you own your house or you have some investments that are in the stock market or whatever. Because if you don't have a will, the state has a plan for where those assets will go. What's that called? Called the intestacy law. Hmm. Okay, it sounds like a nasty word. I know. Intestacy. It's it's big and long, and it means sometimes nasty things. If you have a wish as to where your goods go and you don't do a will or a trust, they're going to go according to what the state law says. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about wills versus trusts. I'm going to ask you both some questions about that. But we've already established the fact that a lot of people don't get around to doing wills. What if you have young children? Should you have a will or trust if you do have young children? I would say so. And I just wanted to say that I've met with so many people, and I would say a will is good to have, but it's probably 99% of the time not enough. Okay. Um, You should definitely have a will to name an executor and beneficiaries. But, you know, if you own assets, you should always think about doing more than that because it's rarely enough. Okay. And if you have children, as you say, then it's in a will that you name guardians for those little people. You, without the will, the court can name whoever they choose to take care of your kids. And that isn't always who you'd prefer to have do that. So that's kind of an important issue, isn't it? You would want to be able to name the people to be guardians of your children if something happens to you. Well, wouldn't that just be the surviving parent if you had a two-parent family? Generally, yes. But mutual accidents, unfortunately, tend to occur, and that's when things get really pretty sad. Hmm. You know, as we think about the new year, and now we're in 2023, I think it's time to think about some things like, is this the year when I'm going to get my estate planning done? So what happens if somebody wants to make an appointment with one of you in your office? How do they do that, first of all? Who do they call? What number do they call? You can give us a call at uh, 508-998-8800. We have a toll-free number. I don't know what that is. Do you know? (laughs) I don't either, but yeah. hardly anybody okay. uses that anymore. Well, um, and you get to speak to a really lovely person. Everybody loves Shannon. Mm-hmm. She's so pleasant and so helpful. She'll set you up for an appointment that's convenient for you, and you can come in and just chat. So if somebody wants to come in and just ask questions about their estate plan or doing a will or doing a trust, um, how much does that cost for somebody to do that? Well, our initial appointments are free. If you just want to talk about setting up an estate plan, those are free appointments. All right. So then there really should not be any reason, it sounds like, when somebody should not be able to pick up the phone and make a call and make an appointment. Mm -hmm. Good way to start out the new year, isn't it? 
and we're not going to bite your head off, and we're not going to embarrass you. We're going to just chat. The first thing that we ask people to do is to fill out something called a client intake form. And sometimes people think that we're being really nosy when we do that. But the reality is that in order to properly plan for your particular estate, we need to know who's in your family, how old they are, what assets you have, and how they're held. Do you have retirement accounts, all those sorts of things. So we're not being nosy. We're just trying to give you the best service. So what happens if you uh, have a husband or wife, let's say, and um, they've got kids, but they've got everything in joint tenancy? Would a joint tenancy protect them? It would protect if one of them passes away, but the issue is always what happens if, if something happens to both of the parents. Okay, that's that's um, a good answer. Yep, there are many many issues. There could be probate issues. There could be tax ramifications of not doing planning. So, it's not as simple as just having things always held jointly and having a will. Okay. And if property is held jointly and one spouse passes away, there aren't necessarily protections for the kids because that spouse, heaven forbid might go out and find another spouse. (laughs) And in that case, your estate might travel down the road to somebody else's family. So joint tenancy is not really a very sound protection. All right. But there's a lot of other reasons for doing estate planning, aren't there? I noticed that you have a publication you brought with you this morning, which is called 15 Common Reasons to Do Estate Planning. So there are a lot of reasons to do estate planning. Minor children are one of them, and making sure who you want to designate to handle your estate, I guess, would be another one, right? Right. So you get to name your executor. Is it still called an executor, or does it have a different name now, I think? Nope. Executors have been not the proper term since the late 2010 era. So for more than 12 years or so, That person is now called a personal representative, which makes them properly designated for either sex, which is probably why they changed it. So you don't have to talk about executors and executrices anymore. They don't exist. What about the executrix? That was always a funny term in my mind. (laughs) Okay. Well, when we come back, we want to talk about maybe some primary differences between wills and trusts. And I'd like to ask some questions about if you do a will or if you do a trust, what are some of the other kinds of documents that you do for people at the same time in order to help protect them or protect their children or their family? So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back very shortly and continue our discussion with... What's estate planning all about, anyway? You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508 998 8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise. Our special guests this morning are attorney Mike Coleman and attorney Tenny Lance. And they both represent Lance Law Inc., which is a non related entity to USA Wealth Group. We have to say that now very carefully on the radio so people don't think that. We know each other's business because we don't, and we're not involved in each other's businesses. So we're talking this morning about the basics of estate planning and what do you do if you haven't done a will or if you haven't done a trust, and what's the age in which somebody can do a will, first of all, Tenny, in Massachusetts? Age 18. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, what's the age for getting married? It's probably the same age, isn't it? I don't know. 
I would guess. What's the age for living together? That doesn't count. <laughs> I have no idea. It's been a long time. Well, as we, as we start at our new year, I'd like to quote Ben Franklin, too. He wrote once, Be at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man or a better person, I guess we'll say today. That I like Ben a, Franklin. Yep. It was a great PBS show on him. I think it was actually New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was. Watched. Um, I never realized, I, I knew he was in a very important historical figure, but I never realized how much he was personally involved in shaping the American Revolution. Gosh, yes. And making sure we had funds from France to fight the British and all that sort of stuff. It's really quite incredible. Anyway, there are a lot of reasons for doing estate planning, and we've talked about how important it is to have a will. Is there a certain amount of assets that you recommend people think about doing something more important than a will, which is maybe a trust? Do you have any particular magic number, or does it vary from person to person? Um, it may vary, but in general, if you own a house, generally we think you should do a trust. And if you don't own a house, then um, around... 300,000 or so of assets. We think if you have that or more, you should um, consider doing a trust. Okay, so let's talk about what kind of assets are included in somebody's estate. We hear the term all the time, what is your estate or your estate? What does your estate include? Generally, it includes everything that is in your name when you pass away. So it could be bank accounts, could be real estate, um, you know, any other IRAs, life insurance policies, all of that would be included in your estate. So Okay. I need to ask Tenny a quick question. Tenny, do you have a screw loose this morning? <laughs> Wherever it came from, it just fell on my foot. <laughs> yeah, this, we've, we've got four microphones stretched across the table, and for somewhere there's a little knob that just came off and fell on the floor. <laughs> Well, I hope it doesn't do anything important. Probably came from the end of the on the table there. Think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe from here. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, while we figure that out, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue. So, tell me, does your estate include retirement accounts? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, about life insurance? Yeah. Yes, it can. So. So we look at your estate because we're concerned about what taxes, I suppose, for one mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I suppose a lot of people think that. If they have an insurance policy, it's going to get paid to a named beneficiary. Mm -hmm. That's not really part of your estate. Right. But that's not true. Um, so if you own a policy, it goes to someone else. The that proceeds of that policy are still includable in your estate for tax purposes. Okay. Not necessarily for probate. Um, if you have someone named as a beneficiary on a policy, that policy won't be payable to an estate. If you don't have a beneficiary, then the life insurance proceeds could be payable to an estate, and that's when you get into a probate situation. So when your clients come in, do you look and do you ask those kinds of questions, yep. like mm -hmm. who's named as beneficiary in your insurance policies yep. or your retirement accounts? Yes, we do. And those are important to check periodically and update mm -hmm. them, I would assume. You could even name a trust as a beneficiary on life insurance and then have all the money go into a trust and then split up amongst grandchildren and children and all that if you wanted to do it that way. So is besides having, say, two or $300,000 in assets or owning a house, I guess another reason that you might consider recommending a trust is if somebody has younger children or younger grandchildren. Mm -hmm. If they want to provide for those kids and not have them receive all the assets all at once, mm -hmm. maybe uh, fund an educational trust or... For whatever reason, sometimes we have clients who are just nervous about their children receiving a lot of money all at once, so you can leave it in trust. And is there a particular age that you recommend that children are mature enough to get an asset or inherit? I never recommend a certain age. No? It really depends on the person. Okay. Some are young. Some kids are, young at, are mature at young ages. Some never mature. So I guess... <laughs> I guess you've probably seen some examples of that, haven't right, you? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so how about you, Tenny? Have you seen situations in which parents want to control assets for older kids until they're really old? 
I remember a client that um, the lady passed away somewhere, I don't know, in her 80s or 90s, I guess. And her son by then was already pretty old. But apparently she didn't trust him to be um, smart about his expenditures. So even at his advanced age, he still didn't get everything outright. He got it sort of a little at a time. So he's 65, seven years old, still not trusted by his parents. <laughs> that can also happen if there's any kind of a substance abuse issue, okay. alcoholism, something like that. All right. Or a potential divorce. Yeah. How about plain disability? What if you have a disabled spouse or mm -hmm. disabled child? So you might want to make, what, trust arrangements then, I assume? Right. Okay. So aside from that, if somebody does a trust, is there a particular age that you might generally recommend that younger children should be reaching before they get money? Well, Mike feels that it's very individual. Um, I tend to agree, although a lot of people like to use the age 25 as a minimum age. And sometimes people think that their kids should get it over time, so maybe one-third at 25, one-third at 30, one-third at 35. That tends to be parents with fairly large estates and parents who have made their own way in the world and want their kids to do the same. So they don't want their children to inherit a million bucks all at once and be carefree about that. All right, so there are a lot of different reasons, but what you're describing really is that it sounds like every situation is truly unique, and you have to decide what your goals are and how you want to protect people and at what ages. Uh, Melody Beatty once wrote, the new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. We can help write that story by setting goals. So I guess when you're doing estate planning for clients, you're really helping them set their goals about um, when they want certain people to receive certain assets. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't know their children, obviously. They can tell you stories about what they do. Mm. But I guess it's the parents who are doing this who really know their children the best, right? That makes sense? Right. Many times, you know, one child, well, not many times, but sometimes one child has been given more, you know, during their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the parents helped them buy a house or just gave them a gift of money outright. So the trust can reallocate money between the kids to make that more fair. That's a good thought. Do you ever see jealous children when the parent dies? We see it before the parent dies <laughs> a lot of times. You're very right, Mike. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I think it's important to try to keep children as equal as possible. I don't know how you feel about that. But I guess, again, it varies from person to person, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And... Um, but at the end of the day, the, the goals are really simple, safety and security. You want to make sure that somebody has a plan so that it's not going to be just left for the state to decide how things get distributed. Mm -hmm. Do you ever see situations in which you've got, say, a parent with two children and one of them has nothing to do with the older parent and the other one does just the opposite, does a lot of help for the, the parent? Do you ever see that kind of situation? Mm -hmm. We see all kinds. That's one sad kind. Um, sometimes none of the children are associated with the parent. Uh, sometimes everybody wants to be in control, make sure that they are the ones who determine how the parents will live. It really varies. Mm. Um, I guess you've probably seen about just every family situation you can imagine. Mm. Um, with kids fighting over money and so forth, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Fighting over money, fighting over things. I think we've told the story lots of times about two sisters who were in our office and they were yelling at each other about who was going to get the yellow chair in the living room. And it went on and on. We put them in a room and closed the door and you could hear them down the other end of the building yelling at each other about the yellow chair in the living room. 
Good heavens. Well, that's when you take out the chainsaw and you take the chainsaw approach. <laughs> yeah. uh, like in the Bible, you cut the chainsaw, take the chainsaw and you cut the chair in half and say, here, here's half of each of you. <laughs> Maybe that's a solution. Well, Pablo Picasso once said, our goals can only be reached through a vehicle of a plan in which we must fervently believe and upon which we must vigorously act. There is no other route to success. So a lot of this people have commented on the need Radio for planning. With Ray when and we Pete come back Lance, after taking a break, I'm going to talk about. USA Wealth Group. Tell me the main differences between wills and trusts. Why is one Helping better than the other? Helping clients define and plan for differ? their retirement so goals. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. To begin back. a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise. And today we're talking about estate planning and will your loved ones be okay after you're gone? Have you done the kind of planning that's going to keep your family from fighting? Have you done the kind of planning that will make sure that you don't have to go through probate if you don't need to? Have so, you done any planning? Have you done any planning <laughs> at all? Is this the year that you're finally going to get your plan done? It's uh, not as painful as you think, I suspect. So this morning, our special guests are from Lance Law, Inc., uh, attorney Michael Coleman, attorney Tenny Lance, and welcome back. Um, I know that both of you spend a good deal of your time doing estate planning, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both wills and trusts. So what are some of the main reasons of wills, what, what are the same main differences between wills and trusts that we should be talking about? Uh, tell me about wills. Uh, they have to go through probate, I believe. Yes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a will, except that it becomes a public document in the probate court, and the only purpose of it is to be presented to the probate court. Many people still um, believe the old TV shows that would show the family going to the lawyer's office, and in comes the lawyer with the will, who reads it in front of everyone, and then they all go out with their share of the estate. That does not happen. The only, only purpose of a will is to be presented to the probate court along with a whole lot of other documents um, so that the court can determine whether it's valid or not. Mike, you do a lot more probate than I do. Mm-hmm. Have you got any comments about wills and probate? One of the things that I see most is that people think if you do a will, then you get to avoid probate. <laughs> That's definitely not the case. Um, like you said, doing a will is good because it does name the personal representative, it names the beneficiaries, but it doesn't change title to your assets, and that's how you avoid probate. Is so, by Okay. Yeah. So is that one of the main purposes of probate is to change title to assets? Basically, probate exists to let the whole world know that someone died with an asset in their name alone. Okay. So anyone who wants to come and make a claim in the court can do so. All right. You have to notify all the heirs. Mm-hmm. You have to publish a legal notice in a newspaper so everyone sees that. And then everyone can go into court and review the will. And then if someone wants to say, well this is supposed to be mine, or there was another will that the person signed, they can all go in and they, they can contest the probate. So if probate exists primarily to change title to assets, it sounds like what you're saying is that if you don't have a will, your estate will go through probate. If you do have a will, your estate will go through probate. Right. So in either case, it's a public document. Right. And... Um, does that mean that you or I could go in and get a copy of somebody else's will in probate court? Yep. I was in the court maybe a couple of weeks ago, and every document ever filed in the court is still there. Wow. You can go back and you, you can look at wills from the 1800s 
And mm. I was doing that, and you can hardly read them, but they're all there. Wow, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what about will contest? Have you ever seen a will contest? We had one a while ago where someone was claiming that the named executor of the will wasn't entitled to be the executor, so he decided to fight the process and eventually lost, but delayed the probate significantly. Okay. And I guess you can only have one original will, is that correct? Correct. So that means if you have one original will and you keep it at home and one of your heirs sees the will and doesn't like it, mm-hmm. um, they could make it disappear and now you have no will at all. Right. You can file a copy with the court. Okay. You have to do a more formal process. But All right. Yeah. That's interesting to know. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like um, are, are your financial affairs and, and legal affairs basically frozen when you die then if somebody has a right to has a need to go through the probate process? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if, if a, and a bank account is in someone's name alone and they die and then someone else walks into the bank and they say, give me the money, the bank is never going to do that because they don't know who's entitled to receive that money. Okay. So if the bank were to give that money all to one child and then the other child comes along and says, well, that was supposed to be for me, all of a sudden the bank is in the middle of a situation. <laughs> so the bank's going to sit with the account and it's going to remain frozen? Right. Until they get something from a court saying, this is the person entitled to the money. All right. And does that take a long time generally? It can, yep. Okay. What about creditors? What about creditors who are owed money? Well, creditors under the law have up to one year to post their claim against the estate. So it's a, it's a public process, as Mike said, and the creditor gets to see it just like anybody else. And if they claim that a bill needs to be paid, it's a claim against the estate that has to be settled one way or the other. Okay. So what if you have property in more than one state and you die with a will in Massachusetts? So you have a condo in Florida or something or uh, a guest house in northern New Hampshire or something. Then you get the joy of doing multiple probates. So explain that to me. What does that mean? Well, your probate is to be filed in your state of residence. So if you were a Massachusetts resident, you'd file the probate first here. And then once you get a docket number and it proceeds through that court, then you would need to file what's called an ancillary probate in other states where you own property. That sounds like it could be uh, expensive. Mm -hmm. Expensive, time-consuming, a real pain in the butt, all of those things. Okay. Well, thank you for saying but. I appreciate that very much. (laughs) Uh, Jackson Brown Jr. once said, you must take action now that will move you towards your goals. Develop a sense of urgency in your life. And it's true. If you have a goal, and one of your goals is to get your estate plan in order, you need to call one of the lawyers at Lance Law, Inc. at 508-998-8800 and make an appointment and get your questions answered. All right, so we know that there's a lot of issues involved with um, wills. It takes a long time. Um, Is it an expensive process generally? Well, the interesting thing that we tell people is that sometimes people don't want to go to the expense of doing a trust, but you pay now or you pay later, essentially, because the cost of going through probate after you're gone is essentially the same as doing a trust and avoiding probate. Well, personally, I don't want anybody to know about my affairs and I wouldn't want anybody to have a copy of my will and um, I've seen some interesting wills over the years. So what does a trust do that's different than a will? The trust is an entity um, in and of itself essentially. So when the person dies who did the trust, the trust doesn't die with that person. The person generally has named something called a successor trustee who can carry on and get the assets of the trust 
to whoever you name as beneficiaries, and the trust continues to exist until it's empty. So do husbands and wives sometimes create a trust together, like a joint trust? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can do that, a revocable living joint trust. They can, yeah. Okay, so Tenny, you and I have done a joint trust, right? Right. So someday I hope to be a successor trustee. You know what that means? Of me? (laughs) You're an initial trustee. You're not a successor. No, but I also hope to be a successor trustee. Successful or successor? No, successor. (laughs) I don't know what you're getting at. means I hope to survive you. Uh, It's just a bad joke. No, actually, I hope that you survive me. So is a trust a public document like a will? No, those are private. So So they don't have to get filed with a court? No. All right. Well, what you're saying then is that it sounds like if the trust is going to be the vehicle to pass your assets along to your family, then that does not have to get filed in court. Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Right. Okay. And when you have a will, um, what you said earlier is that you can only have one original will. Mm -hmm. And if that will isn't found, then you go through intestacy. Mm -hmm. What about a trust? Can you have more than one original of a trust? Mm -hmm. We do. We sign two when we sign our trust so that you have an original as our client, and we keep one here in case yours gets lost. Okay, and we also said a few minutes earlier, you said that um, sometimes wills can be attacked or challenged, or they can attack who is gonna be named as the personal representative or executor. What about a trust? Can a trust be attacked? Is it harder to attack a trust? It is. Go ahead. I think the thing about the probate process is that it's a court process and it basically provides an avenue for people to attack. Okay. (laughs) Whereas a trust is not that. It doesn't get filed in court. It's a private process. Um, So there's no court process to begin with. All right. And I've heard that you can put something in the trust that will uh, prevent people or discourage people from challenging the document too. All of our trusts have a no contest clause, which doesn't prevent a challenge, but it reduces the likelihood of one because if somebody were to contest the trust and lose, they would get absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Their heads are cut off. Okay, so it's off with their heads then. Right. Well, when we come back after um, another short break, we're going to talk about Besides wills versus trust, and it sounds like a trust might be a better vehicle depending upon the size of somebody's assets, I want to talk briefly about and ask you some questions about different kinds of trusts, Mm -hmm. maybe trusts that are designed to protect assets from a nursing home, but also other documents like powers of attorney and things like that that help somebody while they're alive if they become incapacitated. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our show from uh, MoneyWise, brought to you this morning by USA Wealth Group. We are, however, talking with an unrelated entity, Lance Law, Inc. We think a lot of them, and we're here with attorney Tenny Lance and attorney Mike Coleman. We've been talking about wills versus trust. Wills, we found out, are public documents. They have to go through probate. Um, what's sort of the minimum time it takes to go through the probate process if you had to put something on that for a time? Well, it depends on the probate, depends on the assets. But like Tenny said before, creditors do have a year to make a claim in the court, you know, against an estate. So usually the the personal representative would leave assets in the estate for up to a year. Okay. So 
basically it's not concluded for at least a year. Mm -hmm. I think one of the toughest things about a will is that, as Mike said previously, bank accounts are frozen until the probate process moves along. So there might be bills that you leave that need to be paid. Who's going to pay for the funeral? All those sorts of things get left up in the air when you go through probate as opposed to having a trust where the successor trustee can get access to assets virtually immediately. When you meet with clients, do you ask clients if they have made uh, funeral and burial arrangements? Is that one of the things you ask generally? Yes. Okay. Because that's part of the planning process, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know there's a lot of different kinds of trust that you, people use. One is a regular revocable trust where, how does that work? What can you do in a revocable trust or with a revocable trust? Well, you can have the trust own assets like bank accounts or your house or um, stocks and those sorts of things. And once you pass, those assets are going to be distributed to beneficiaries. As you say in, in the trust, you set forth your wishes in the trust just like a will, okay. but there's no court involved. All right, and then the fact that it's revocable means what? You can make changes in it if you need to? You can revoke it, you can amend it, all those sorts of things. And one of our services is to review people's estate plans with them every five years or so in case something like a new marriage or a divorce or grandchildren being born or a death or whatever has occurred. Perhaps you want to change your trust. It's quite easy to do an amendment. Okay, and is it expensive to do an amendment when that happens? Well, the answer to that is it depends. Okay. <laughs> um, if it's a straightforward, simple amendment, no, it doesn't cost a whole lot. If it's complicated or if you want to, restate the whole trust, then it can be more expensive. And what are some of the other kinds of trust that you might do uh, in your office, uh, for example? What if you wanted to protect somebody's assets from a nursing home uh, bill? How would you do that, Tenny? Well, we do irrevocable trusts. Um, those are just as they say. Once you do them, you can't change them. And Essentially, you lose control of the asset that you put into that trust, but it's preserved for your family members or for whoever you name as your beneficiary. Um, it's used to protect assets, as you said, in case you should need Medicaid in the future, and people have to be aware that they have to do that with a five-year forward-looking window. So you need to do some advanced planning if you're going to do that kind of a trust then. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying basically is if you want to protect assets from a nursing home and you want to do an irrevocable trust uh, for Medicaid planning purposes, you need to have that done at least five years before somebody might have to go into a nursing home. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And... There's a lot to absorb here. What about insurance? What if you had a large insurance policy? Mm -hmm. Do you ever put that into a, a trust by itself? You, you could put that into a trust. You can name trust as beneficiary. You can do an irrevocable trust that might take the policy out of the, the estate, um, split up the proceeds amongst beneficiaries, just like you would with a revocable trust. Okay. Um, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that one of the advantages of that, as Mike said, is that if you own life estate outright, it's going to be counted as part of your estate. You mean life insurance? What did I say? You said life estate. Le I'm sorry, life you, insurance. If you have life insurance outright, it's part of your estate. Yep, mm -hmm. for estate tax purposes. But if you place that insurance policy or buy a new policy and put it into an irrevocable life insurance trust, you can hugely benefit your 
beneficiaries with that policy, and yet it doesn't get counted as part of your estate for estate tax purposes. Okay, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk with uh, attorney Mike Coleman or attorney Tenny Lance, give a call to their office at 508-998-8800, and somebody will be happy to make an appointment for you. And let me talk very quickly, this is uh, not much time left for us today, but we talked about you know having a larger estate. So right now, what's the exemption amount from estate taxes in Massachusetts? Right now, it's one million. The legislature has, each arm of the legislature has passed a bill to um, increase that to two million, but it didn't get worked out by the end of the last legislative session. So um, it's, it's okay. potential that it goes to two. And what's the amount of the federal estate tax exemption right now for 2023? It's well over $12 million. So $12,920, mm-hmm. which means if you're married and you don't have an estate of over $25 million, don't worry about the federal estate tax, but do worry about the Massachusetts estate tax. So that's another important reason then, I guess, why you would want to do trust planning if you have a larger estate mm-hmm. always. You, is that is that Would that be a true statement? Pretty much always if you're a couple, because otherwise when the first person dies, the first member of that couple, you're going to lose the exemption of $1 million that that person holds. Or let me put it a different way. It, it's ask, complicated. Yeah. It is. Let me ask the question in a slightly different way. Let's say you're a married couple with $2 million or more in total assets. Is it important, therefore, that you do a trust because mm-hmm. you can protect two $1 million exemptions yeah. in Massachusetts? Mm-hmm. So, okay. I'd like to also mention that you have a number of um, useful and significant handout materials that you can provide to people if they want to call and ask for it and uh, come in the office. One is on living trust, calculating the benefits. One is on common reasons to do estate planning, but there's a lot of different ones. Yeah, we we decided to do this show with you today because it's the beginning of a new year when people get motivated to do new and better things. and. So estate planning is certainly one of the most important things you can ever do for your family. Well, it sounds like from everything you've described, number one, it would protect your family, and number two, it has the potential to save a lot of money for your family. Right, and it can move things along much more quickly and without conflict if you do it the right way. And Mulcahy once said, One of the things we often miss in succession planning is that it should be gradual and thoughtful with lots of sharing of information and knowledge and perspective so that it is almost a non-event when it happens. Mm -hmm. That's what good planning should be about. It should be thinking about doing these things in advance so that you don't have problems for your families. I know you also work with uh, retirement accounts and telling people how to best plan for those, naming successor beneficiaries, and dangers of do-it-yourself wills. Um, Have you had situations, Tenny, when you've had children with special needs, for example? That's a very important reason to do estate planning because you're not going to be young forever. You're going to grow older, and probably eventually your child might be alone and might need your planning to survive in the way that you want them to live. Well, you both have a lot of things in your brains to think about when you're talking with people. You do a lot of evaluations. It's hard to do this kind of stuff by yourself because most people don't know about tax law or how to protect a special needs child. And Mm -hmm. there's many, many features of this. And I know, Tenny, you do a lot of work in the area of Medicaid planning as well. Correct. So. Protecting people's assets, protecting people's families, those are very, very important things that you do, and I applaud you for doing them. And any closing thoughts that you want to leave, either of you, on estate planning? 
get it done. I was going to say, if you haven't done your estate plan, do it. And also, if you have done one and maybe it's not with us, we can always take a look at something that you've done with someone else. If you know, it was done a while ago, we'd be happy to review it. Never too late to get a second opinion. Right. Well, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. You know, above all, we wish you a um, wonderful 2023. Hopefully a lot of the bad stuff in the last year and the past couple of years is behind us. But um, do something important to protect your family. Do something important to make sure that your legacy is going to be protected. Or figure out how you can leave more of a legacy to your family. Um, will your loved ones be okay after you're gone? I guess the answer to that is that it's up to you. Get some sound planning advice. It's probably the single most important thing you can do in 2023. Most of all, we thank you for being with us. We thank you for being faithful listeners. And uh, we look forward to sharing some of our experience and knowledge with you over the coming year. We'll see you next week on the radio. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory products and services made available through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business USA Wealth Group Incorporated. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is also an investment advisory practice that offers products and services through AE Wealth Management LLC, AEWM, a registered investment advisor. AEWM does not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by USA Wealth Group Incorporated are not subject to investment advisor requirements. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. USA Wealth Group Incorporated is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Incorporated. Tenny Lance and Michael Coleman are not affiliated with or endorsed by AE Wealth Management, LLC. This radio show is a paid placement.